Welcome to Closer to Venus. I'm Johnny Burke, and today's guest is Uma Alexandra Bipat. She is a certified angel guide, spiritual medium, and Reiki master. She uses her intuitive gifts to help her clients find freedom from fear, limiting beliefs, and emotional pain. Uma, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning, and thank you for having me, Johnny. How are you today? Pretty good for a Sunday. So tell me, what prompted you to learn about Reiki mediumship and past lives? So it's interesting. I didn't really have a strong desire to follow either of the paths. It's one of those things that we come through our experiences through living. I became a licensed massage therapist back in 2009. And while I was doing massage, some of my clients would notice my hands get really warm. One client in particular said, you should really learn Reiki. So I actually came in through massage, through Reiki, and then it just kind of led to everything else. And speaking of which, the Reiki masters, healers, or just the discipline itself seems to be a destination for spiritual seekers. Why do you suppose that is? It's very easy to learn. It's very mainstream now. There's actually a lot of great healing modalities. I'm certified in over 40 of them. But Reiki is well known because it's been around for a long time. It does work. There are studies that are proving the benefits and effects of Reiki. It's now more widely accepted because it's now being accepted in hospitals. You can find Reiki practitioners being paid to be in hospitals now, whereas before we had to do everything on a volunteer basis. And you actually find a lot of Reiki practitioners in cancer treatment centers, hospice. So society is becoming more comfortable with this particular aspect of the healing modalities. Generally speaking, how does Reiki actually work? Reiki is an energy healing modality. It's not really like a massage where you're manipulating soft tissue or chiropractic work where you're working to readjust people. It's about your energy field, the aura, this energy around us and chakras, these energy centers on the body. We know enough about that, that they exist. So Reiki works to bring energy in to depleted people. So the idea behind Reiki, Rei means universal, Ki means life energy. So the translation of Reiki is universal life energy. What it means is that we as people run ourselves down. The schedules, the life we're living, it's not conducive to health and wellness. We work too much. We don't sleep enough. We don't eat right. So when you get a Reiki session, it's seeking to restore you on an energy level. So most people after a Reiki session would report feeling lighter, refreshed, like they rested, like they took a 12-hour nap. So if you keep doing it on a continual basis, then you find people saying stuff like, I got my energy back. I'm sleeping better. I'm more calm throughout the day. So it's in a way restoring them to that mind-body-spirit balance. Yeah. The healers or practitioners are now being paid in hospitals, whereas before you're saying they had to basically do it on a volunteer basis. Did this start happening recently or has it been that way for a while? No, not recently. I became a Reiki master teacher in 2009 and it was around 2015. The first news for me was in England where they actually paid, I think it was 19,000 pounds annual salary to a Reiki healer to work in the hospital. So it's slow moving. It's not as fast as it could be, but we can be thankful for people like Dr. Oz. He's a TV personality. He's a doctor, but his wife is a Reiki master teacher. So he would go on to his talk show and talk about Reiki and the benefits of Reiki and what he's seen because he used to perform surgery with Reiki practitioners in his surgery practice. And he's talked about what his wife has taught him and everything. Then you find more celebrities, Gwyneth Paltrow, 
has this show where it literally investigates everything in the alternative health fields, Reiki, shamanic journeys, drumming, things of that nature. We're not there yet where we have a full thriving field for people to have this as a career and get paid for it. But I'm optimistic enough that I will see that before my lifetime's over. It seems like it's definitely moving in that direction. Now, you're also a certified angel guide. Tell us a little bit about how that happened and what it's taught you so far. The term certified angel guide, that came from a specific group that I was studying from. And that was the certification they gave us after we did some study on angels, communicating with angels, on using angel cards. So after I went through a period of study with that particular group, that was the guide that I got. I don't think realistically anybody could say a certified angel guide can access the angelic beings. And also we have to look at the terminology. The one thing I like to say at my center is we all live on this earth, but we don't live and exist in the same dimension. It means that nobody's wrong. The way we think is we think according to our dimensions. Most people actually believe angels are human, like human form. They look like us. They just have wings on their back. Other people, different dimension, believe angels are nothing more than energy. They're vibrations. So the idea behind being like an angel guide with the work that I do, it's called channeling. And what channeling is, you take yourself to a higher level within your conscious, within your psyche, And then you're able to access some universal wisdom. In my understanding, this comes from the angelic vibrations, which is really focused on those higher values, love, compassion, peace. Those are like the messages that would come through when I do a channeling session. And they do come from those angelic vibrations. Now, there are actual angel guides that will say, I'm going to channel Archangel Michael. They're very specific to who they channel. And I respect that because we all are operating in different dimensions and we all have different ways we see something and the way we relate to things. There's so many healers and light workers is what we call ourselves that I like to support everyone. To me, once they're preaching peace, love, light, and positivity, it's okay. Even if it differs from my belief, it's okay. It's interesting that you brought up Archangel Michael. I just did an episode last week with a woman. Her name's Lucy Brand, and she is talking about the same type of things that you are. During the episode, she said, he's actually here right now. I made a couple jokes about it, like, hey, can he help me do this or help me do that? But she talks about that as if she just described a trip to the grocery store. So going back to what we were just talking about, you made a remark about no one is wrong because they're in different dimensions. Does that mean one person might be living in third dimension or third density? I still get those two confused. And another person might be living in 5D. The fifth dimension, yeah. Is that accurate or not? Yeah, that is the biggest divide we see is the people who are living in fifth dimension and the people living in third dimension. So people in fifth dimension, it is said, these are all theories. People that are in fifth dimension practice more unconditional love. So you and I can have an argument, we can decide to separate and no longer be friends, but somebody in fifth dimension wouldn't look at the negativity of that. They would just see it as, I still love this person, but our paths are leading us in different directions, we're differently aligned, so I release them with love. It's like a conscious breakup. Somebody who lives in third dimension still operate to principles like right and wrong, good and bad. That's where we start to see the heatedness coming in. Like, if you don't believe what I believe, you're wrong. That's what we see the majority of the earth is. It's filled with third dimension. 
what light workers are trying to do is create more of that fifth dimensional energy. We're trying to raise the dimensional aspects of people so that we can all be living in that fifth dimensional reality where it's okay to have differing opinions and everyone still love each other. So what kind of people would you suggest to go and seek an angel guide as opposed to a shaman or a past life regressionist or an energy yeah. healer for that matter? Shamanism, energy healing, they're related disciplines, aren't they? Yeah. And I can tell you on the different types of light workers why you go to each one specifically. So if you go to an angel guide or they're more commonly known as like a tarot card reader or an angel card reader or oracle card reader, you go there for like higher advice. You're going through something in your life. You're probably going through some difficulties in a relationship. You need to make a career change. You're feeling kind of stuck in life. At that point, you would consult one of these angel guides because what they do is it's a channel information for you from a higher source. Most times, if you're an intuitive person, when you get a reading from someone, it validates what you already know. And that's okay. how it's supposed to work. I like that. And I like the fact that there are many different types of light workers. It seems like there's as many different types of light workers as there are medical doctors for different right. symptoms. You wrote a book a while back called Living the Awakened Life. Let's talk about that. What inspired the book? The book, The Awakened Life, was written about my own journey. I had lots of clients that came to me for massage and they would talk during their massage and I would listen. But after a while, I felt the need to talk back because I was just getting all this information, the channeling again, like I told you. At the time, I felt like I was just being helpful. I was just offering good advice. But Every single time I would give information, people would get very emotional. They would start crying, the hair on their skin stand up. It was like a supernatural experience. And this one lady said to me, now this has been said to me many times, but for some reason it stuck. And she said, you know, you really need to write a book because every time I come here, you give the best advice. And when I leave, I forget everything. I just wish I had a book about the things that you know, you believe, you, you understand. So the way the universe works is what you put out, you get back. Very law of attraction based off of law of vibration. One night, I don't remember when, it was maybe weeks after she had that comment to me. I just woke up at like three o'clock in the morning. And a lot of people know that three o'clock, the witching hour, right? I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and from three to 11, eight hours, I just wrote. And this was done. It was just completely channeled. So that book was downloaded? Yeah. Is that what that's called? I've talked to people that have described themselves as scribes for spirit, which I think is very close to, if not the same thing that you're describing with living the awakened life. So with the clear senses, most people know about clairvoyance, the gift of seeing and clear sentience, the gift of feeling. I have clear cognizance, which is the gift of knowing, which is what channelers use when they're accessing this information. Lots of intuitives talk about ascension, waking up. Why do you suppose this is happening now? It's been happening longer. What I've noticed in the metaphysical community is that there's awakenings in waves. There was that awakening moment in 2000. Remember when we all were like doomsday, 1999, the, the computers, all that, right? That was the first wave of awakening was 2000. I came in on that wave. Then after that, it was 2012. That was like another wave. And then we are supposedly having another wave that came in at 2020. It's relative to your awakening. When it happened again in 2012 and 2020, you're seeing what people are going through, but you already went through it. But then if you awoke in 2012, then it feels new because everybody's going through the same thing at the same time. 
Why does it happen in waves? That is a good question. The only thing I know is, is that the Schumann resonance scale does predict it. When they start to see those high spikes go up, they know that the consciousness is raising yet again. There are many theories about it. Some people say it's alien-oriented, that we're all aliens and they flip a switch and some of us turn on at certain parts in time. A lot of people also say it's the collective consciousness growing. As we all awaken, we add to mother brain. I really want to say it happened with the 70s kids, the hippies. We talk about the indigo children. Now they have rainbows and crystals. My belief is that the hippies, the children of the 60s and 70s, were the scouts. So if we have these, these enlightened, very high vibrational beings coming from different planets, but they won't send the whole community at the same time, right? For safety reasons, they won't send the whole community. You send scouts. So I feel the hippie generation were scouts. That's why they just didn't fit in. They were like, I don't want to shower in this planet. Make love, not war. Give me the drugs. I just need to tap out. This is crazy here. They got everything backwards here. You can probably lean on your clear cognizance to answer a lot of these questions because it's knowing. Is it alien-based? According to a well-known medium that I did interview a while back, they prefer to be called star beings and refer to themselves as our star family, because alien means apart. From what I'm told, they don't like to consider themselves as being apart from us. So I believe I'm a star seed. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm a clear, cognizant person. So when I get these things that I know, I need validation. It's not enough for me to just have the knowing. We got to create some form of checks and balances. So I went to three different readers on three different continents, one in America, one in Australia, one in Europe. And they all said on different readings, I'm Pleiadian. The Pleiadians are the spiritual teachers. When I started to look up the Pleiadians, I very much identify with a lot of what was written. If someone was to say you're alien, I don't take offense to it because I do believe in aliens. I do believe that we have this community between our world and theirs. But I just believe also, too, there's a very strong 3D reality still existing on this planet, this planet is very much run by a matrix. Until we break out of that fear energy, we can't really realize our divinity until we stop being afraid. Going back to the star seed, briefly describe for us what exactly is a star seed. So a star seed is someone who has extraterrestrial origins in past lifetimes. For instance, I told you I am not the typical metaphysical teacher. I debunk a lot of things because I'm a clear cognizant and things just don't make sense. I don't really necessarily believe in old soul. Like people like to say, oh, that person's old soul. They say somebody who's lived on earth many, many times, they have a lot of rich wisdom. There is a belief that all souls originated at the same time. The energy, the substance, the particle of all of us originated at the same time. So how could somebody be an old soul indicating they're older than other souls? It doesn't make sense. My knowing, my understanding is that if all of us were given a hundred lifetimes, an old soul would be somebody who lived 95 of those lifetimes on this planet. They're more well-versed. They are more knowledgeable. They have more wisdom about this planet. A star seed has varying degrees. 
You have the really out there star seeds that may have lived 90 lifetimes on other planets and 10 lifetimes on Earth. So that's what we say when people are autistic or special needs. They just are not able to communicate in this 3D dimension. That might be like an extreme star seed. Most star seeds are probably like 50 lifetimes on other planets, 50 lifetimes on Earth. So they have like a working understanding of this atmosphere and the way people are as opposed to others. I'm a functional starseed, but there are times when I get really quirky and eccentric and people don't understand why I say or do the things that I say or do. I don't even understand why I say or do the things that I do, but it feels right to me. There's some starseeds who have a ton of allergies because their system just did not do well on this planet. So they're like allergic to everything. It seems almost like they're allergic to the environment with the skin conditions they have and stuff. People talk about not only past lives, but past lives on other planets. And since people talk about being reincarnated from other planets, other worlds or whatever you want to call it, I don't think it's very far-fetched at all. I think it would be deeply silly of anyone to think that this is the only planet with intelligent life. That makes no sense at all. So I have a funny story. I'm a past life regression therapist. And I did a past life regression on a woman from Australia. I was expecting her to go to a past life here on earth. And she described in vivid detail being a crystal person. I have never heard this before. What you do as a past life regression therapist is you put the person in a hypnotic trance. And then when they're under hypnosis, you ask them questions. So it's easy for me to get people into a deep enough trance. Her eyes were fluttering and everything. And I was like, where did you come from? And she said, the wall. The wall where? In the cave. In the days when dinosaurs roamed the earth and everything. And she said she just came out and she came with the wee little ones. I mentioned she's Australian. Very cute accent. She was like, I came with the wee ones. And there was a lady from a village who helped them assimilate and take on human form and teach them how to be human. And so she's saying that there's crystal people sprinkled throughout the world. It was just interesting. I've heard so many people flash back to different timelines, and some of them are not from this earth. So I'm a believer. When you talk about doing past lives and doing the regression work, do ancient civilizations like Atlantis or even Lemuria come up? I haven't personally had somebody come up from Atlantis or Lemuria, but I did have someone, a gentleman, flash back to another planet. He was telling me about life on the planet. He was saying that on Earth, it's so exhausting because where he's from, you communicate telepathically. You don't use words. It's considered the most basic form of language. And he just talked about a lot of stuff. And I was just like, wow, that's the cool thing about the work that I get to do because I get to hear people's stories that are locked in their psyche. And it's as interesting to me as it is to them. That's a benefit to your practice. Speaking of the modalities that you practice, which ones do you think can tell us the most about existential questions like, why are we here? What is our purpose? And what really happens when we die? There's a lot of great channelers right now. Abraham Hicks, Esther Hicks, who channels the teachings of Abraham. But there is a great guy named Lee Carroll. He channels Cryon. And what I like about those channelings is that Cryon is, of course, by definition, alien, because he's not from this planet. Yet he speaks about the success of humans. He says, through Lee Carroll, that the pyramids were not built by aliens. He shows Lee Carroll how the pyramids were built using manpower. I went to one of the talks where they were talking about Easter Island, and Lee Carroll was showing 
how you can move those big rock structures down to the beach because they said it had to be by alien. So that's a person that I found very interesting to listen to. Also, Dolores Cannon. She's amazing. I'm glad you brought that up because I have an upcoming guest who's going to talk about a regression technique that is Dolores Cannon's techniques. You just mentioned something about how the pyramids were built. Did you get an idea that it was some kind of sonar? It wasn't just people using manpower lifting the rocks. How did they do it? This is what I walked away with. He was saying it was all just the people. But from what I saw in my own abilities, I saw aliens did come and give instructions on how humans can do it using human strength, using human capabilities. I don't know if they mentioned the sonar or anything like that. I'll tell you something. I did go to Egypt. I did see hieroglyphics on temple walls, and there were aliens in those hieroglyphics. There's one in particular on a cave wall. I don't know where it is, but it's one where it shows two men. They're holding sticks and above them looks like a... There's a UFO in many of those hieroglyphics. And I saw it and people would say, oh, it could be a rock. But why is it elevated? And they make it in a way where it's way above the people below, like to show it's in the air. It's very interesting. Really interesting. Okay, so you like some of the channelers to answer those questions. I do. I'm a channeler. What has to happen in your opinion, for the metaphysical world to basically not be lumped in that same category as new age, pseudoscience, and and things like that. I don't believe a lot of the lightworkers today are properly trained. So the problem is, is we are bringing our own selves down. When you go to a lightworker, just jingling bells or rubbing something on your forehead and telling you the cancer is gone, and then the cancer doesn't go... That looks terrible, not just on that person, but on the community as a whole. If you're a new person to this field and you get the wrong healer or the wrong light worker, chances are 90%, you're never coming back to this field again. You're going to think we're all quacks. We're all crazy. But what I would like to say is there's a lot of us that have taken the time to study, to learn, to meditate, to understand what this is and to teach from a respectable place. I do mentorship twice a year and it's a very grounded approach into this world. A lot of people that come here, they're not mentally and emotionally stable. So now you have unstable people that are giving advice, giving healings, giving rituals to other people, and it's creating a mess. So what I would like to see is maybe accreditation. I would like to see more legislature that allows what we're doing, but in like more formalized setting. Let's have schools. Let's have proper techniques and timelines and requirements, because it's not okay that you can take a class from me over the weekend, become a Reiki master teacher over the weekend, and now is putting up a class the following Sunday. I can see there is a clear and present danger with that type of thing happening. I've had a couple people on from this nonprofit, the Forever Family Foundation. What they do is, among other things, they certify mediums, and they do it with readers and the sitters will then grade the performance to validate the readings and the evidential mediumship and the things that come up. What you're talking about is like a forever foundation type organization that trains light workers. That might be a ways off, but I think that is what you're talking about. There are schools that train the individual light worker, 
Because what you're finding a lot of is ego. It's not just about giving a reading and using psychic ability. You have to be a bit of a life coach. You have to be a bit of a counselor. You have to learn communications, right? I could not agree more. And I really wonder one day is going to see the metaphysician, will that ever be as common as going to seeing your family doctor? I had a vision of a hospital where somebody walked in at the ground floor and saw an empath and the medical intuitive diagnosed them and then sent them to the x-ray, the lab to get x-rays. And then they went upstairs to a herbalist doctor to get a tincture, then acupuncture done, and then they left. So I do have a vision of that's coming. I just hope I get to see it before I go. If not, I'm sure we're going to be returning at some point, more than likely. Maybe we'll go to a different planet and <laughs> we'll reunite with Prince and David Bowie and, and everyone else. And That would be wild. That would be pretty incredible. Uma, thanks so much for joining us today. Very, very good content. How can our listeners find more about you online? So I have a link tree, and I know you'll list the link tree, and also my website, thelotusandthelight.com. You've been listening to Closer to Venus. I'm Johnny Burke. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing. You can also leave us a review on iTunes as well. For more information, please go to closertovenus.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.